Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club. We've got all the girls on deck. Becky, Dana, Snitch. How's everyone feeling today? Feeling good. Woo, that's (laughs) what we like to see. We have an excited Snitch on our hands. Because I was just fed pizza. Oh, and I was going to say, because you read a book that wasn't a snitch's choice that you enjoyed. That's true, too. But I did also just have pizza. It is a rarity. I'm really excited about today's episode because I think that we are going to have a great conversation, a very positive conversation. And I'm really curious to see what the rating of this book is going to be. So let's take it from the top. This month, we read The Nature of Fragile Things by Susan Meisner. It was a Becky's choice. Now, before we get into everything, there is so much to unpack here. I want to know how all my girls are doing. Bex, let's start with you. How are you, Dern? Hey, Jax. I'm Dern good. I'm honestly doing amazing. I feel like I'm thriving. It's summertime. All is well. My garden is in spectacular shape, you guys. We are (laughs) harvesting. We have a bounty. We are having fresh lettuce for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, that's like really all I could ask for. I also went to an orchid farm recently. Like, if you want to maybe talk about my passions, they fall into that category. That's but exciting. All is great, and I'm just happy to be back with my girls. And you know what I'm most happy about? What's that? Is that we have, for the first time ever, seen a Becky's Choice come through our midst <laughs> and not absolutely suck ass. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I'm so happy for you. Historically, my picks are just such duds. Like, even when I think they're going to be like, oh, this is such a, like, a momentous, life-changing story, Luis Velez. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's not what happens. So, I just am riding on a high and, like, I'll never be able to choose another book ever again because I'm it's never going to compare. Yeah, no, I Becky's choice for the win this month. I'm excited for you to have this W under your belt because I have a feeling this book is going to be like top. It's It'll be your last. No, no, no. Like <laughs> once we do our rankings, like I think this is going to be up there with My Dark Vanessa, Codename Helene, Nothing to See Here. Vibes. I'm high. But don't forget about your, the number one pick was before we were strangers. True, so. true. But it was also good. Thank you for that, <laughs> that honorable getting, mention. I'm getting this answer. Okay, Dana, how are you doing? Quick pivot. I'm great. I'm sweating. I actually had work drinks before this, which was like seeing a dog walk on its hind legs. I've not seen coworkers since March 2020, and it was just jarring to have to like converse. Was everyone like just so... So awkward. We were like, oh, you know when you get on a topic and you don't want to leave it because it's like, this is working. Let's not change it. So we were like talking about traveling for like five hours, and we were like running out of places where we've been. And traveling conversations get a little obnoxious. It's like, have you ever seen the Louvre in Paris? It's like, no, I don't have a million fucking dollars to go to the Louvre. 
YouTube every year. So, um, wow, I didn't really realize I felt so emotional about that conversation. (laughs) Everything okay? (laughs) That's more emotion we've ever received from Dana. But it was nice. It was wonderful to see everybody again. Sure. Sure. It really sounds like it. Sounds like it. Now, Snitch, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, I'm very sleepy. But besides that, I'm in high spirits. I'm excited to talk about this book. I'm sweating all the time. I hate New York in the summer. I need to get the fuck out of here. But besides that, you know, just looking forward to a nice long weekend with, yeah, some drinks and some rain. Nice. And how's Knowles for everyone at home? Knowles is good. She is thriving. She's outside of the crate now at all times, which is just a great life update because, you know, that makes me happy as like a a homeowner. Actually, no, it makes me upset as a homeowner. But for her, she's no longer, you know, now she's actually in dog friendly living, you know? Yes, well, we're happy to hear all of that. I, too, am doing well, but you guys hear from me every day on The Morning Toast, so you know literally every single thing about me. I don't feel the need to share an update, but I'm so excited to be back with the girls, back reading. What's funny about Small Talk, Dana, is I've started to notice, like, I'll be having a conversation with someone talking small, and then the minute you realize they're also a reader, I could talk to them for five hours. We pull up our Goodreads. We're exchanging book recommendations. And I think really like being a reader, it's the key to unlocking small talk. You know what's funny about that? I'm like not good with adults. I just like don't have that suaveness to like talk to elderly people. Like Can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, like you're very good at it. Like my age group is my age. Like I don't mess with older people and I don't really mess with younger people. Like just my demographic. And Alexandra, our friend from Colgate, once said to me that her mom noticed that I'm like a little shy and like not that conversational with her until one day she brought up books and she's like, whoa, I found Dana's sweet spot. Like it's, she just became a normal person and couldn't stop talking. And it's I was like, so that's true. So funny. She picked up on that so years ago. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a reader. And that's just a pro tip. Like when you've run out of things to talk about, like ask if they've read any good books yep. recently. But that's it's so such a great point. Um, disappointing but, when they haven't, when you're talking to a non-reader and then it's like, all right. Yeah, I agree. Like, either your whole you, world is wide open or it's just not. Yeah. My you know biggest takeaway this is from pretty this pretty niche, but you know what the worst thing ever is? Is when you're talking to someone a little bit older and they're like, oh, like, what genre do you like? Uh-oh. And I have to say young adult or, like, romance. Yeah, and then that's that when I am upset. That's where the redheads is good. You can pretend like My Dark Vanessa and all these books are your fortune. I don't know if I want to say My Dark Vanessa <laughs> is a favorite book of mine, no, okay. but you could say Addie LaRue. You yeah. could say, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know if you read Crawdads, but like you could say, there's a few books that do crossover. You mm-hmm. could just say like literary fiction. That's just like books like normal people. I mean, you, know? you could just say like, I was actually the star of a book and have you read Snitchy LaRue? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, do you guys know that Addie LaRue has like made its way to like TikTok? Like it's on like book talk. It's like a book that like people like. I are, could see that. Yeah. It's, That's like, not a coincidence like, a with our book club. Yeah. I blame the redheads. For I'm sure. Sorry. Oh, Red, White, and Royal Blue is one too. So I don't really know. I don't really know if I trust it. I blame Bex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always to blame, and like I have come to terms with it until now, suckers. Okay. Now. Wow, snitch singing. This is a whole new snitch we're getting today. It's because I have a blanket. Oh, a blanket is nice. Well, let's get into this book because we have a lot to unpack, as I said, and I want to just get right to it because I want to get everyone's thoughts. So first, quick summary of the book if you didn't read it. If you're a reader, I think everyone will like this book, and if you're just listening because you love us, here's what happened in the book. That's really nice. The book is set in 1905-1906 San Francisco against the backdrop of the San Francisco earthquake. We're following the story of a woman named Sophie Whalen who marries a man named Martin Hawking. She thinks he's Martin Hawking, and she becomes Sophie Hawking, and she becomes his 
his wife and mother to his child she you know throws herself into being a stepmother the marriage is an arranged marriage she took out an ad in the new york times looking for a wife they both knew what they were signing up for there's no airs about this being a romantic story between the two of them but you know there's always hope that things could could sprout but it becomes very clear that martin is hiding something if not everything but sophie really falls in love with her stepdaughter cat and really builds a life around cat and the same day that the earthquake hits san francisco sophie discovers Martin has been leading multiple lives. His other wife shows up pregnant on her doorstep. They sort of put this all together. They plan to make an escape, but Martin comes home. Spoiler alert, Cat, the kid, pushes him down the stairs, and they leave him in the house while the earthquake ravages the city, and ultimately fires burn throughout the city. Sophie does not know what exactly happened to Martin. She thinks he's probably dead. Not sure how he could have gotten out of that one. But her and Martin's other wife, Belinda, go on to lead a very happy life together as friends and family at this point. They also get in touch with Kat's real mother, who was alive this whole time. Martin was a polygamist, a fraud, a liar, a murderer. And this all sort of unravels. The story is amazing, and I hope I did it justice. If I didn't, please read the book. It's worth it. Let's start with our overall thoughts on the book. Becky, I'm going to start with you, as it was a Becky's choice. It sure was. I really, really, really enjoyed this book. And you know it's a sign of a good tale when after a few days you're still thinking about her, you know? And that has Mm -hmm. been me and this book. Um, It was definitely a lot of novel to unpack. I felt like there were so many storylines, which I felt all had adequate attention dedicated to them, which I really appreciated. No part of the story felt very rushed or under-addressed. Uh, I think that recently we have read books where we're like, we're like, what happened here? We talked about this for a few chapters and then we never spoke about it again. And that felt very unfinished. Whereas this book, I felt like wrapped up so beautifully every major piece that we embarked on. So we learned about Martin and Sophie, how they met and their life together with Kat. So we like kind of had that background. And then we heard about the earthquake and the aftermath. We got to know Belinda. We got to know about like Martin's infidelities and his insidious history and past. And then we got to know Candace. Like it was just like, I felt like there were so many pieces and I was like, how the heck is this fitting into one book? But we made it work. Um, I would say with the exception of like the immediate aftermath of the earthquake, which I felt like kind of went on for a little too long, like the walking through the camps and like, I know that that's really key, but I, I did felt like it was like, all right, we get it. It was rough. (laughs) Um, but I really felt like everything else was tied up beautifully. Um, I thought Sophie was very likable. She was very brave, dependable. There was definitely a moment where I was like, wait, um, is she in cahoots with Martin? Which like made me be like, oh my God, like is that a new element of this book? But like obviously that was not our girl. Like she would never. It didn't even yeah. cross my mind. No, it crossed my mind for one second. Like is Sophie an insidious character? Not that she was in cahoots with Martin ever because they literally never spoke. But like did she, was she, did she have her own? agenda right Mm -hmm. for sure and I thought that was fascinating and I just love as you know a good historical fiction moment and I felt like the SF earthquake and kind of all that came with it with like immigration during this time etc tenements was fascinating within its own right so it had all the makings of a stellar book and I was extremely pleased wait tell us how you really really feel The earthquake? This earthquake actually happened? Yes. Sure did, oh baby. God. Wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that a cool thing to like be reading about something that really happened so you're learning about history while also entertaining yourself? 
Apparently, yeah. those who live in SF, they find out if their apartments or their offices are built on bedrock. And it's like they sort of have to be. Otherwise, they're at risk of if another earthquake came of like not being on, on structural ground. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. The more you know. The more you know. Dana, Stick with me. what did you think of the book? I really liked it. I started it yesterday and was like a little concerned because that's a little late for me. But I finished it within one day because it was just so unput a downable like every second I wanted to be reading this book I loved the themes it touched upon family loyalty deception trust it was very wholesome and to your point Rit, I totally agree about like it adequately covered every topic and I didn't want it to end like and it could have when they finally met Candace like it could have ended there when the earthquake hit it could have ended there and they just kept following the threads which I really appreciated because I wanted to know more and to your point that like the earthquake went on for a little bit of a long time, if you like Google the book's bio, it'll be like there was an earthquake that happened and then other things happened in this book, which was an interesting description because like so much more happened. To me, the earthquake was so in the background, like it was just a one second blip in the context of all the relationship dynamics that occurred in the plot. So I just found that an interesting description if you were to look online. Yeah. Snitch, what did you think? I actually really enjoyed the book. I will, I mean, you know, I have to have like my, my critiques, but there were, really weren't many. I would say the only thing is that like, it was a little long in the sense of it took like a long time for me to like start genuinely caring about everybody. Like it took a long time to kind of like set up the whole storyline. But besides that, I very much enjoyed it. Um, and like, it was just such an interesting story of like Sophie. And honestly, I will say it never crossed my mind that she was in cahoots with Martin, but it did cross my mind that maybe like, cause when the detective asked her, like, are you like it, you have to see like how it seems like, you you won here like you got everything that you could have possibly wanted and so that like makes me think that it's like the whole it's like a little unrealistic you know but besides that no I really enjoyed it yeah I would echo what everyone said I really enjoyed it I felt like it went by quickly I'm not gonna lie when I saw it was about like this San Francisco earthquake in 1905 like I've never gone down that rabbit hole and I wasn't like excited to, but I thought the book, not for one second, was I like, oh, I wish I was elsewhere in yeah. time and place. And I didn't feel like I was reading about an earthquake. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that they, and I learned a lot about the earthquake and mm-hmm. I think that they covered it in a really great way while also making it a great story about female friendship, loyalty, yes. the power of love. So without further ado, I think we should get into the DBQs. This book had a book guide, which we (laughs) love to see. We sure do. And I just want to let you know that the DBQs are brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more like original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. Obviously, we are a podcast. We love audio, but sometimes there's nothing better than listening to an audiobook. Snitch, I know that sometimes you love to listen to an audiobook when you just can't get into reading. No, I do. And I love Audible. It's so great. And I have to say, like, an audiobook is so lovely because, like, I've read a book recently that, well, listened to, read, I don't know what you would call it, but I read one recently with audiobook, and it's like, I don't think I would have enjoyed the book if I had read it myself, but I liked it because I listened to it. I think it changes the experience of the book. Yeah, and I think sometimes it can enhance the experience for sure. So if you want to try Audible, it's a great way to read more, to hear more stories, and to switch up the way that you consume content. So here is the most important bit. 
you guys need to get to Audible. Use our promo code. You can visit audible.com slash redhead or text redhead to 500 500. So visit audible.com slash redhead or text redhead to 500 500. Remember that redhead is spelled R-E-A-D-H-E-A-D. If you're a reader, Audible is for you're if you're listening, you're a reader and a podcast listener. So Audible is a no-brainer for you. Check it out and enjoy. Now it's time for the DBQs. First up, what do you think of Sophie's decision to answer Martin's newspaper advertisement? Do you think that her decision to move to San Francisco was foolishly risky, or was it in fact her best opportunity to get out of a tight spot in the tenements? I, I felt it. Yeah, I like. 100%. I really understood it. Well, also, I I kind of understood it from the beginning. I was like, wow, okay, she just like really wants a warm bed and a hot meal. And then at the end, when we learned that she actually had to leave because someone from her town had just moved onto her street and she didn't want to be recognized, that definitely made it all click even more. Otherwise, it's definitely tenuous and a bit of a stretch. Like, wow, that's dramatic to go across the country just because, like, you didn't like your living situation and you'll go marry this actual stranger. But then it's like she had more to lose by staying in her current situation than she did by going and taking this chance. And I thought she was a realist. Like, yeah, it's very nice to get to marry to love, but it's also kind of a luxury. Like, not everybody is afforded that luxury if they are scraping by check by paycheck by paycheck. So, mm-hmm. like, I give it to her to go start a nice, comfortable life and sacrifice love. Did yeah. anyone else think that they were going to fall in love? Like, in the beginning, obviously. No, there was always something so off about him. And I also think for Sophie, the biggest draw was the fact that she would get to be a mother, which we then found out later in the book that she wouldn't have been able to if not for Kat. So, again, I think that knowing everything that she had been through, which we found out in pieces gave much more context to her decision to go. Totally agree. Like, I already thought that it was worthwhile for her to go based on the living conditions and just the overall quality of life that she was experiencing in New York. And then when I learned of all of the surrounding pieces of evidence bolstering her decision to go, I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. I already thought you should have gone, and now I really think you should have gone. Yeah, I agree. They made it make sense for sure. For sure. Okay, talk for a moment about the relationship between Kat and Sophie. How would you describe the health of their relationship before the earthquake? How about afterward? How might Martin's parenting styles affect the way Kat approaches new relationships? Oh, it was such a pure, beautiful relationship. Like, Kat was described as not having received love from not only her dad, but her mom wasn't really emotionally available for her, too, in a very different way than her dad. But it was the first time in her entire life that Kat experienced that, like, mother figure love. And watching her go from zero words to a few words, long sentences, it was really just, like, a beautiful evolution to witness. I totally agree. It really goes to show how kids are like sponges. Yes. And they can go through so much trauma, but, you know... A pattern of of better behavior can really like they are they evolve really quickly yes and like in terms of how her behavior would have played out in future relationships for martin i think she would have definitely had daddy issues where you just stay in the picture but he was eradicated early enough that like she was able to survive yeah it really goes to show like what good nurturing mm-hmm. love and how how much it can do for someone so young mm-hmm. yeah, yeah what it can do for the soul yeah It was a beautiful relationship to see. A major theme in this story is the power of female solidarity. Sophie develops great affection for Belinda and Candace, despite the unfortunate circumstances that bring them together. How does Libby's shallow acquaintance with Sophie further outline the importance of genuine female friendships, especially considering the women's circumstances at this point in history? Well, I think that question really sums it up, and I didn't even think about it in that way until they pointed it out, how this book is about 
female friendships, but it also highlights, you know, the, I don't, I'm not sure what the word is, but like, not that, not that surface, surface, not that Libby put her in the dangerous situation, but it's like to be so shallow and also to do things as acts of service, but they're really in service of yourself. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what someone else is going through. So don't meddle, like, I don't know. Now thinking about it in that way, it bothers me even more, like how Libby treated Sophie both before and after the earthquake. Oh, she was, she might have been worse than Martin. (laughs) (laughs) I hated her. her. (laughs) I thought Sophie like may have been a dud for a very short period of time when she was being so dense about his job and the traveling and the uh, perfume in the basement. I was like, get a grip girl. Like you're an idiot. But then when she immediately was perceptive towards Libby's condescension towards her and was like, I don't need a friend like this in my life. I'll find friends through church or something. Like, I started to respect her. I'm like, oh, she's not some, like, bimbo who's like, but maybe we can still make it work. Like, she knew, she picked up on the vibe, and she was not down for it. It's very true. She was very perceptive, but also she was very open. She was like, you know what? I'm going to give this girl a chance. I'm going to tell her my story. And she realized right away that she she had not been received. I like that she realized. And towards the end, she also acknowledged, she's like, Libby is the type of person who would keep me around in her life to just feel better than and feel more legitimate then and she's like I don't need to be that person for anyone like I don't need you to just feel like you're on your high horse because the rest of your rich friends don't allow you that grace. Yeah, totally. And then also, I mean, I'm sure Libby really thought that she was somehow helping but to meddle so frivolously oh in her God. affairs at the police station, it was just... It was it like was watching m- a car crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was... I was like, sh- I, honestly, I don't know how um, Sophie didn't slap her in the face. Yeah. I literally would have been like, stop fucking talking. This I isn't know, your story to but tell. But I also wish Sophie had just been like, yep, like he's, tr- he, he's with us. He's with a friend. Like, I don't know. I feel like she should have been prepared to maybe have seen Libby and what she would say. Yeah. Oh, uh, like to say that he was back in yeah. San Andreas. It was Andrea. risky all around, but like to be so caught off guard at the potential of seeing your neighbor, like, I don't know, prepare a little. Oh, interesting. That's fair. But I guess she never really wanted to like get her stories mixed up, you yeah. know, like to just be telling one story to everyone. Yeah. Like she never like lied. She just omitted a lot. Yeah. 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 Do you think that Kat is fully aware of the peculiar connection between Sophie, Belinda and Candace? Why do you think she's instantly enamored of her infant half sister? hundred percent I think that she I think that cat was really smart that's what she like that's what Sophie kept saying was that like she really loved to learn so like I think that she was fully aware of everything that was going on especially after reading Candace's letter like as a five-year-old fully comprehending it. oh yeah I kept I keep fucking forgetting she was five um she was really a young camper yeah. she, she was, was a very young camper end, no but. she seemed to be very intuitive very intuitive I agree and I think she was instantly connected to her sister because I think for her whole short life, she felt so completely alone. And then I think in her own kid way, she realized this person, this baby is just like me. Like I'm, we are the same. It gave her someone to love. Someone to love and like someone to identify with. Right. Yes, she like understood. Cause I think she was watching life unravel in front of her. Like she had her back to the office when they were, when um, Sophie and Belinda were kind of like trying to break into Martin's desk they recognized that Kat was on the other side listening. So like she was absorbing what was under, like what was happening. And then once she realized that like her sibling was right there with her unborn, she was like, okay, like we are same. Like I am 
officially like not alone. Yes, Kat's energy. Let me know if you feel this call. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the kids from Nothing to See I was Here. Yes. About to yes. Say yes. That. Like, yes. Damaged, but like willing to be vulnerable for the yeah. right person. Damaged, but perceptive yes. and smart and like emotionally intelligent. And if want just, to be loved. If you give them a little love, they'll give you so much more in yes. return. Hundred percent. But guard is up for a long time before that because yeah. they've been through so much. <laughs> Wow, incredible. They should, hang out. they should hang out. There should be a crossover. Oh, that would be so, so cute. So cute. What were those twins' names? But Kat would flip the, the fuck out twins. if she caught fire. Bessie. 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 And the other one. Ron Roland. Roland. <laughs> wow, the Roland. fact that you guys remember that. Like, I don't even remember the names of the characters. I don't even remember the name of the book we read last month. <laughs> LOL. You really don't? No, I'm actually really Twice thinking hard about moon. it. Who's, who's choice it was, was mine. It, it was Jackie's. Um... American Duchess. Like, yes. oh, and right. of course I remember Cornelia because she was a real person. Yes. Very good Satchelor. Beyond their Her ties- name wasn't Cornelia. <laughs> Consuelo. <laughs> oh my God. You tried. I tried. Beyond their ties to Martin, what else do Sophie, Belinda, and Candace have in they common? They all get their periods. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maybe unlike Addie LaRue. <laughs> two eyes. Two ears. Yes. Two eyes, two ears. Vaginas. <laughs> um, what else do they have in common other than the obvious? They all love Kat. Yeah. They're all strong women. They but were you, all pregnant at one point in their lives. But do you think that there's anything about them within them that like is more similar that maybe even Martin sort of sought out? I know he had his agenda, but maybe something in there. He sought out women whose fathers died to inherit the estates. He would love states. me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Candace's dad did not die until after. Yeah. yeah. and Because he killed him. Yeah. 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 But I wonder if there was something, if there's something about them aside from, you know, the obvious physical stuff. Trusting. He had to pick women that would like kind of blindly trust him, which is good and bad. Like you have some naivety naivety with that, but you also are like unabashedly loving and giving and generous. So he picked those people for a reason. I think that's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, you're really pressing hard on that one. No, because I think the question is a good challenge question. Like it's easy to be like, they loved Kat and they're strong women, but like, what connected them so Martin sought out that personality type for his schemes? And it's yeah, like, and that they were successful marks. Yes. Yep. Sophie explains to Candace that Martin was moving to attack Belinda before Kat pushed him down the stairs. What do you think Martin's plan was? What do you think was running through Kat's mind in that moment? Can we talk about the logistics here? Because I reread that paragraph maybe 10 times because I still didn't understand how it was Kat that pushed him. Okay, so when they first told us what happened, as it happened, they didn't say what happened. And I, th- I sort of assumed it was Sophie that pushed him, Same. you know, yeah. defending Belinda. Then the jaw-dropping moment is that actually it was Kat. And that also makes sense as to why they didn't turn anyone in because they're all going to protect yes. Kat. So I don't know what Martin's plan was. I definitely think he, he would have sure. hurt 100%. as many oh, for sure. people as he could have. I do think there's also strength in numbers. And so... You know, I don't know what his immediate like plan of attack would have been, but I definitely think, you know, he saw his future walking out the door and he wasn't going to let that happen. And And he never needed these women for any reason other than like the obvious. And I felt like, as Sophie said, we were standing in his way and we were just objects that were no longer of value. Yeah, Yeah, they were an obstacle. In chapter 25, as Sophie surveys the rubble that was once their San Francisco home, she notes that, quote, it is the nature of the earth to shift. 
It is the nature of fragile things to break. It is the nature of fire to burn, unquote. What is she referring to when she says fragile things? I don't know. I've been trying to figure out why this book is called that. I wonder if she's referring to her marriage with Martin, like beyond fragile. It was actually just for appearances, like, you know, a piece of a pretty piece oh, of I like glass. That. I like that. You know, like it's of course it's going to break. There's nothing holding it up. Yeah. No foundation. Yeah. yeah. I do love when we see the title of a book within the book. Yeah. It always like, gives me Such chills. Such an aha moment. It's like when, like, the, you know, when you don't get it. It's, it's like, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. No, and it's like also when you're like listening to a song for the mm-hmm. first time, and then it finally says like the song title, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else you think might have been the fragile things? I read it less as like what's the symbol they're referring to in fragility and more just a lot of nature motifs surrounding that question. It's just like as an earthquake is it's just kind of nature's natural order to disrupt things sometimes and like out of the chaos comes the beauty Mm -hmm. i really really loved the part in the book when belinda was profusely apologizing on behalf of her future husband what was the guy's name elliot Uh, yeah um that he kind of told on them where they were because if he had never done that they could have gone to the police in the morning and Sophie was like no like if we tried to go to the police the morning of an earthquake nothing would have gotten done like it didn't matter in the end and I liked that no and also she said she was like it could have been actually she was like it actually could have been worse because if then he obviously knew that Belinda was going to get there and then find Sophie and they were going to you know figure it all out and so then if he had just stayed there then they would have gotten there and like he would have been prepared more to kill them. Yeah. I just liked that she was like, no, that's a simplistic way of looking at it. Like there were so many other things that could have gone wrong. Yeah. Do you think that the fragile things could potentially be human beings? Definitely. You know, because like, and I think not in a, like if the, it's the nature of the earth to shift and, and like earthquakes happen, but the earth rebuilds. It's the nature of fragile things to break that could be humans. And it's the nature of fire to burn. And all those things are destructive, but they are also like a, a sort of rebirth. And so I think like for if you just look at Sophie, like how many times was she broken? But, you know, it's also the nature of fragile things to once again, like, uh, and like that doesn't really No, matter. that is true. And like fragile circumstances that she was surrounded in, but she was strong. So like she as a soul and spirit never broke. So like even when everything that was fragile around her was crumbling, like she was able to maintain that independence. Yeah. And it could have, it could have also alluded to like some of the, circumstances in her life like her father having that tragic fall like Mm -hmm. life is so precious and something can happen in a split second that can cause something like a life to be like sort of broken um so maybe could allude to just like I think what you what you said Jack yeah like that life life is fragile Yeah. yeah yeah but it's not but it's not like completely destructive in the sense that like you're it's broken and it can't be fixed right like she definitely was able to like turn her life around despite all of the broken pieces that happen along the way yeah and just like don't take things for granted like life is fragile yeah. Nothing, you think you have your whole life I also think it's like love is fragile in the sense of like cat like she like turned on and off like so easily but like it could like kind of do so much it's like I don't know something yeah. there love that snitch thanks that's beautiful snitch 
Okay, Sophie speaks twice about not saving either of her husbands when it had been in her power to do so. Well, they're both shit men. She believes Martin died inside the house where she left him unable to escape, and Colm drowned right in front of her after she hit him with an iron skillet. But she says killing a person and letting someone die aren't the same thing. Is she right? Would you have done... What would you have done in her shoes? I mean, These don't are, come for me, but obviously yeah, the same I mean, thing. Morally... I do think that there is a difference. I mean, I think it's the difference between first-degree murder and manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a difference. Um, and, I mean, in her shoes, there's no telling what I would have done if your husband murdered the baby inside of you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's psychologically also a lot easier to tell yourself this is not killing somebody, but I actually genuinely think it is different. Yeah, I do. I, I do, too. Also, like, she had to worry about herself and, like, in both circumstances, she was like, listen, you have done so many things to wrong me. Like, now I have to prioritize myself in a way that I have not yet. Yeah. And I think that that plays a, a factor in the decision-making process also. Mm-hmm. Though Sophie and Candace both love Kat, they have very different relationships with her. How has this book changed your understanding of motherhood? You really don't have to be blood-related to love somebody like your own child. Mm -hmm. That was clear through Sophie. And I think when you're a mother, your number one priority is just putting your child first, no matter what. Like, Candace could have just sent her to her family aunt and not let Sophie stay on with her, but she saw that that Sophie was good for Kat. And in that way, she put Kat first because she knew that it would be more damaging to not let Sophie in Kat's life, even though she probably didn't really want her in the beginning. Yeah, no, it's making hard choices that yes. if it were up to you and you alone, you probably wouldn't make, but you do it for the, yes. for the child. And even Sophie, like, she could have just ignored the fact that Candace's mom was alive and let, yeah. went on with Kat, which is what her heart kind of wanted to do. But right. she knew for the benefit of the child and the mother, like, she had to do the right thing. 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. Near the end of the book, Sophie remarks, quote, what a, beautifully, what a beautiful family Martin has made of us despite himself, unquote. What is she saying here? How did it make you feel when she said that? What made the family she is talking about beautiful? No, they definitely are a quirky band of souls, but in their own way, I feel like they all like rose to the occasion and are the strongest version of themselves now and like un have an understanding of love and companionship that would never have happened unless they went through what they went through together. And honestly, I looked around at the life that they built together and I was like, I want to be part of this yeah. weird compound. This is beautiful. Same. They had a garden, Bex. You would have loved it. By the way, when you said garden, tree. that was the first thing I thought of. Really? And yeah. a peach tree. A peach tree. I Peaches are my favorite Maybe fruit. Maybe they'll let you visit. I would love to visit. You know, it sounded totally idyllic and best case scenario for everyone. And it's just like a nice ironic byproduct that of all the evils this man was creating in the world, he actually created a perfect family. Yeah. It's like First Wives Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just think that how wonderful that the person that martin chose to deceive owned an inn and had all of these open rooms well that's why he wanted to i mean yes of course it's convenient that it was an inn but she would have had a big estate if she was worth him swindling to begin with totally you know totally but like i'm just glad that she didn't have like a car dealership and like just like cars <laughs> everyone would sleep in cars <laughs> yeah but no she would have cars for everyone to get around and do their business and she'd probably also have a big house fair 
Okay, next question. In chapter 32, Deputy Logan releases Sophie and even allows her to keep the records from her sister's death to protect her false identity. He says, quote, I believe in justice too, but I know that sometimes it is not delivered in the way it should be. Sometimes it is not delivered at all and the evil man walks free. I believe in justice, but I believe it is best administered by those commissioned by the rest of humanity to give it. Discuss what this means to you. Wow, that's a really nice quote i believe in justice but i believe it is best administered by those commissioned by the rest of humanity to give it so i mean that is what justice is it's you know human beings deciding on what is just and so even though he went outside the boundaries of the law i think in the he made the right the moral sphere of what is just i don't think anyone would read this book and be like he should have taken her in. <laughs> no, that was a very nice moment in this book. Also, yeah. at the end of the day, Deputy Logan made an amazing point, which is that no body, no crime. Like, they can't prove that Martin is yeah. dead at all. So, like, th- she's actually not on the hook for yeah, anything. Yeah, like, if they were on trial, like, she'd win. There's no murder weapon. There's no evidence. Like, There's no yeah. evidence to say he's even dead. Like, he very well could be alive, which, spoiler alert, he was. We'll get into that. That was just, like... That was too much for That me. was upsetting. I know. Yeah. yeah. It was all too, a little too convenient. Okay, last question. Do you think that in the end, Sophie, Belinda, and Kat had happy lives? Why? How do you think each one was changed by what they collectively experienced? 1,000%. I mean, let's break it down, shall we? <laughs> Sophie got a child, Belinda got a child, and Kat got a mother. Like, everyone got... Kat got like, but Kat got two mothers and a sister. Exactly. Kat, Kat really also won. lost her mother and... Her mother that... Okay. That her she mother thought that was she, already that dead. That she thought was already dead. Yeah, she actually got time with her mother that she thought was dead. Conversely, Belinda, Belinda, her mother died twice. Belinda learned... <laughs> Belinda learned what love is, found love. Right. Sophie... Seems like everyone won. I agree. Besides Candace. Oh, and Sophie found love eventually, as we learned in the epilogue. Yes, oh, Sophie yes. found love and Kat found love, yes. as we learned in the epilogue. When she was like, oh, like flashing her ring, her marriage. That was like In weird. front of her deadbeat dad. Oh, yeah. Like oh, that's, yeah. that's the thing that's going to do him and in. And the dad you know? didn't get it. He's like, huh? He's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, now we're going to get into the redhead questions that, you know, the redheads do a great job of pointing out any inconsistency there might be and asking us to... To talk about it. So before we get into that, I want to let you know that segment is brought to you by Pros. I love Pros because it's an amazing hair care system and it's also the perfect name of a company that's endorsed by a book club. <laughs> There's no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. Pros makes your routine super personalized and I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. So my personal needs with shampoo and conditioner are I want shiny hair, I want it to smell really good, and I want it to feel super smooth and silky. And with Pros, you let them know everything that you are looking for out of your hair care and they make it happen for you because Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. They use natural ingredients with proven results and Pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash book. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash book for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. You guys, if you are looking to enhance your hair game, Pros is the brand for you. Now it's time for the redhead questions. First up, 
Would you have felt so sure that Martin was not going to come looking for you if you were in Sophie's position, especially given that she had his daughter and escaped to Belinda's inn? I would have lived in fear. Like, I, don't, I know that she was convinced he was dead, but, like, there would have always been a part of me terrified that he wasn't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just, yeah, but also, like, it's kind of like ignorance is bliss, you know? It's like you can just assume that he's dead and, like, live in that world as opposed to, like, you know? It's like if she knew he were alive... She'd yeah. be unsettled constantly. Before we found out that he was alive, did you guys think he was dead or alive? I alive. thought he was dead. I thought he was alive because they never gave us an answer. I thought he was dead. I, I thought, thought he was, was dead, which leads to our next question. What did you think about the epilogue? Had you thought Martin was dead? How did you feel when you found out he was alive for 20 more years, killing more people? Bummed out. You know what? Same. I was bummed out, but now as we sit here and talk about it, everything else about this book was a total happy ending. Like, these yeah. women got the endings that they deserved. And not everything can be wrapped up so perfectly. Also, this makes Kat not a murderer. Yeah. Nor Sophie or Belinda. True. But it is a shame that he got to terrorize more people for 20 more years. Yeah. And it's like, you'd think, like, maybe, like, that would have stopped him, Such you know? Such an eerie part of this book was when the detective was cataloging his indiscretions about, like, and then he helped his sister almost kill herself, and then he did this. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh that shit. was, like, oh my God. That, we just glossed over that part. Yeah, like, yeah. so dark. Yeah, we were like, maybe he ran the dad off the road, but no, it's, like, so, he's like, yeah, that, and there's more. Yeah. yeah. But wait, there's more. Also, one loose end that I didn't think was tied up was, and maybe someone caught it and I missed it, but when Sophie said that she thought that she figured out why Martin married her and that was to put on a front, like to disturb the pattern, mm -hmm. and then eventually Detective Logan was like, wait, why, so why do you think he married you? And Sophie was like, you know, to, to show that he doesn't just marry wealthy women. And he was like, well, marrying wealthy women isn't a crime. And it felt like there was going to be something else. No, I, well, it was because she said that, um, Candace had said that her father had reported like him to the police and so as a way to throw them off the stink he married someone who didn't have a lot I of money. I had the same thought that it didn't add up like it didn't seem enough of a reason to get a mail order bride although I read it as that actually was the reason and the detective was probing her because at that point he thought she was an accomplice to him so he was just forcing her to tell me tell him the real reason which ended up being that he just wanted to prove that he wasn't marrying wealthy women. It seemed like a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there could have been more there. I was sort of waiting for that yeah, explanation. And also, as Martin would like lay there on the floor, he was like, you're running too. Like He knew her history. So I yeah. thought that there was going to be a little more behind that door. Yes. Yeah. Do you yes. think he asked for the same records that, that Logan asked for? Um, like, How did he know that she was running? Or maybe it's like, who marries a stranger if you're not running from something? Yeah. I guess. No, I feel like because he literally like married a stranger and had a mail order bride, like he did a little bit of research. Well, he did. He like got her birth certificate. He got the sister's birth certificate. He got the death certificate. Wait, like, I'm sorry, I'm not the detective, I'm, Martin. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that was also not tied up of how like the person that responded to his newspaper also's father passed away. Like, yeah, like what are the odds? I didn't. I know she didn't have an estate to inherit, so it was irrelevant. But it's like, oh, how did you also find the similar personality type? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. How would you all have reacted to Belinda's arrival and her revelation? Sophie and Belinda formed a bond, but it easily could have played out differently. I think Sophie at this point being so unemotional mm -hmm. at Martin was able to just think so clearly and she was on a fact-finding yeah. mission. Yes. Yes. And for living in that house for one year with zero answers, all the answers just showed up on her door and she wasn't going to like waste time with niceties and feelings. Yes. 100%. Yeah, like I felt way more bad for Sophie because she actually like loved Belinda. James. Belinda. Sorry, Belinda. Because she actually loved who she thought was James. Like 
Sophie was ready for this, you know? Yeah. 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 She was like, I've been waiting my whole life with these weird hair tonic fake bottles in the basement. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> but I did think it was sort of insane that like Belinda shows up on their doorstep. They, they come to all of these insane conclusions, like life changing updates. They're about to board the train to Arizona. And like then like if they if they had all these re- revelations four hours earlier like this whole like they would have been able to get to Arizona deliver Kat to Candace they just would have gotten out of the scene of the earthquake and I just think it's like such a crazy phenomenon that like this all unfolded on the day of the earthquake I mean like yeah I suppose that is the book you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's what makes the book work that makes it not a true story in that sense that's why it's historical fiction Why do you think Sophie didn't dig any deeper into Martin's background when she first arrived? It did seem that she became very complacent and happy to be a mother to Kat, but even in an age without technology to do research, you think she would have tried to learn more. Major red flags. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to know. Like, she just wanted to live in her house with her warm bed food like shelter over her like that was really all she was thinking about I think she was realistic and she didn't go seeking out and snooping into her husband but like when she got clues she kept them all like she knew that he smelled like perfume sometimes like she never turned a blind eye to anything she was just always like racking up the clues and in the end she was able to put the puzzle together very quickly but she I don't think she wanted to serve this little bit of peace that she had it's funny that she interpreted the cheap smell of perfume as he was going to like prostitutes (laughs) Yeah, he was like going to his second wife oh yeah she must have had really bad perfume (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually as you say that like I I thought he still was going to prostitutes (laughs) like I didn't realize that it was I mean probably knowing him yeah no it was definitely a little bit or a little bit of both yeah yeah you never know with him could have he could have another wife also at the same time 100% Next redhead says, this was my first redhead's read. It was an amazing start. I couldn't stop imagining Jackie as Sophie since Sophie oh. is Irish and Jackie was obviously the first redhead I thought of. Except Sophie was, said she was not redhead or I was about to blonde. say, like, I did she not had brown hair. Yeah, she had dark yeah. hair. My question, what did you think of the final few pages where Kat encounters the agent that interviewed Sophie and did you wish that he had revealed herself to her? I really liked it, but I was also dying for a little more info about Kat and her grown-up life, and I wish that the agent would have told her he had known her mother so the exchange between them didn't give off the uncomfortable vibes that I was getting. No, honestly, like, because there was nothing really for the agent to, like, tell her. It's like, oh, I... I met your mom once. Yeah, I met your mom once. She'd be like, that's fucking creepy. (laughs) Like, creepier than this, like, interaction right now. Also, because she did say that, like, when she was speaking to him she could tell like he knew her like he knew kitty cat so like she definitely kind of like got a vibe but no like there also there really isn't anything for him to share I mean I was holding out hope I know this is like so corny hallmark that the detective and Sophie would have reconnected years later Jackie same lived happily ever after but that would have been like too you know before we were strangers stupid perfect um okay yeah I came (laughs) for you I did I'm sorry you came for also most of the people listening to no but you know what I mean like (laughs) wrapped up two nights like this is still like a serious book totally like I felt like there were so many paths concurrently happening that like to add all of those additional like in the epilogue it's like no 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 I'm happy that it was just a little nugget in the epilogue referenced by Kat having a stepdad and not even going to any detail of how they met or anything like they weren't making it about that yeah I agree but also I was a little bummed for the detective it's like he worked so hard tracking Martin for so long (laughs) and then he like totally lost him and then lost 20 years and couldn't find him more people died like yeah he, he just I feel sad for him same 
I just wish that they killed Martin when they had the chance. Same. Yeah. No, I really wish, like, Martin had been dead. Like, I wonder how many people he killed in those 20 years. It's just, like, it would have been so easy to be like, yeah, obviously he died in the crazy earthquake where so many people died. Yeah, by died. the way, it's so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, how he couldn't move. Like, how the fuck did he get out of there, let alone survive while earthquake is going down? Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It, it, this is a really big stretch. In I Am Pilgrim, you know how that crazy girl disappears with her life? She sees 9-11 happening. She's like, yeah. I can start fresh. Like, I live right by here. Like, she just assumes she can be yeah. one of the victims. And she totally, like, starts her life yes. over being a crazy bitch. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Like, that anonymity that yeah. such a calamity yes. can give to someone. Yes. 100%. Okay. Well, now it is time for the moral of the story. What did everyone think it was? Dana, let's start with you. You always have a nice one. It's not that deep, but blood isn't always thicker than water. Oh. <laughs> Rebecca? Love conquers all. I was oh going to say that. Mine too. Okay, I guess that means that's the moral that's of the, the story. Yeah. I'm dead. Now it is time for the Hollywood treatment. If there were a movie or show based on this book, who would you cast as Sophie Snitch? Let's start with you. I... Honestly, I, did anyone else have like kind of a hard time imagining anyone when reading the book? While I was reading it, I wasn't imagining anyone. But from the beginning, I knew what this ca- who this character reminded me of. Okay, well, no, I have an answer. I'm just saying this is harder than normal. Okay, to treat in Hollywood, um, I had Elle Fanning. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Thanks. That is a good one. I had Chersa Ronan. Of course. And that was before we found out her name was Schwersa. Sersha. Sersha. Because when she was on the train and she was talking about the tenements in the first chapter, she's on the train from New York and she was talking about um, life in the tenements. It reminded me of the movie Brooklyn, where she comes from Ireland. She's living in tenements. And that's Sersha Ronan. Yeah, she's for sure Sersha Ronan. Like, there is no answer. And then her name was Sersha, and she's Irish. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we have one answer, and it's Sersha Ronan. Agreed. Dana, who did you have? I had Carrie Russell. Okay. Does anyone know that is? Yeah. Yeah, I know what she looks like. Okay, that's really, that's good. That's really good. That's a solid choice. Snitch, who did you have for Martin? I had, because he was hot. So I had Charlie Hunnam. Nice. I didn't have anyone in mind. I couldn't get an age read on him, but when I would think about like creepy person with piercing eyes, I kept being reminded of, he's too old now, but Christian Slater, like when he was in Heathers, like that age of just being like crazy, that's the vibe I got, but that's not like a real answer. Sorry. Rebex? Um, I had, um, I was going to say Patrick Bateman, which is so funny because that is the character in American Psycho and it's Christian Bale and as I was about to say Patrick Bateman I was like wait he's a fictional character in a fictional movie (laughs) called American Psycho oh my god maybe wait Christian Bale or Christian Slater Christian Bale oh okay yeah he's in everything Christian Bale um no he's in everything and he's probably too old now but like at the time he's like a piercing strapping young gentleman who was like mysterious and also a killer so it was like yeah like that's our person that's our Martin (laughs) love it Dana I had Hugh Grant Okay, okay, that's good because of yeah. the undoing. Yes, Very that's good, exactly Dana. what I had in mind. Amazing. Okay, now it is time for our overall rating of this book. I've literally been waiting for this moment because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be something. Let's start with Bex. What did you rate this book? <laughs> I rated this book a 4.7, you guys. Wow. Nice. I just loved it. It had everything I could have ever wanted and more. Amazing. Dana? I gave it a 4.2. Okay, love to see it. Snatchler? I gave it a 4. Wow, that's high for the snitch. I gave it a 4.5. On Goodreads, I rated it a 5 because um, it was definitely better than a 4. But I think for me, 
It's a 4.5. I don't need to explain myself. <laughs> yeah, just fucking do it. No, keep going, please. The overall Redheads rating for the nature of fragile things by Susan Meisner is a 4.35. Love it. That's pretty high for us. We are a tough crowd. Ladies, it feels a little low, I will say. (laughs) I know. I I thought it was going to be 4.5. We're always in the threes. A four is good. That's true. Again, like we say this every month, but we need to put together a list of what the book ratings were when we rated them. Yes, and re-rate. Sure. Okay. Now, we need to talk about everything else we read this month. But before we do, I need to let you know that this episode is also brought to you by Bookfinity. Me, Dana, and Snitch are going to be doing a little Malibu Rising recap because we all read the book this month and I know it was really like a hot book of the month. So our Malibu Rising recap segment is brought to you by Bookfinity. Meet Taylor Jenkins Reid, the New York Times bestselling author of Daisy Jones and the Six at Bookfinity's live virtual author event. Get an inside look at Reid's unforgettable new novel, Malibu Rising, in which four celebrity siblings confront their pasts at an epic end of summer party. It's a book and conversation you don't want to miss. You can sign up for for free at at bookfinity official on instagram and facebook bookfinity is the newest experience built for readers get book recommend get book recommendations you'll love by taking the fun pop culture inspired quiz to discover your reader type so this is really interesting bookfinity has all these reader types and i want to let you guys know what all of your reader types are because <laughs> they let me know and they're so on point okay are you ready yes yep. i am the time traveler Yes. Margot is the modern romantic. Yep. Yes. Dana is the trendsetter. Ooh. Because you're always on I the clock. I've never gotten that you know, before. But you're always reading the trendy books and then like you choose something and it blows up Addie LaRue. Yep. And Becky is a heroin addict. Heroin with an Wow. E. <laughs> you love a strong female character. Oh yes. my God. As represented by this month's choice. So you guys need to head to Bookfinity and find out what type of reader you are. You can also track books you want to read, add quick reviews to what you've read, and find local bookstores in your area. If that wasn't enough, Bookfinity also gives you the ability to earn amazing rewards by sharing your reader type with friends. The more you share, the more you earn. Finding new books just got easier. Visit bookfinity.com today to get started. So Bookfinity is an amazing community if you love reading like literally all of us do. And I just think these reader types are so on point. I want to know what all the redheads are. And also now knowing like my reader type, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to go time travel some more. Bye. You know, <laughs> no, yeah, I see I'm like, I need another. I love that. Now I'm trying to figure out what my next modern romance book should be. That's totally. Fun. I feel so seen. Okay. Oh. Let's do a mini Malibu Rising recap. Book of the moment. What did you guys rate this book? You know, I gave it a three five. So did I snitch. Yeah, like, I just, well, you guys know how I feel about the bopping around of of events. And every five, every five pages was a different event and a different person. And it kept switching other people's mindset in the middle of a paragraph. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm in Jay's head and then I'm in Nina's head. Like, who's talking right now? I really didn't like the way it was written. But I did, I very much enjoyed kind of like the glamour of it and like the family and like just like their life there. And then also like the end, I really like, I enjoyed a lot. And I was like on pins and needles, but I just couldn't get past the way it was written. Yeah, it, that that writing style definitely came for the snitch. Like that yeah. is, we know It was so like hard that. for me. I understand. Dana, what did you rate it? A 3.5 also. I am not bothered by that writing style. I actually kind of like it. I just thought it was mm-hmm. a little childish. It's funny. You guys gave it a 3.5, but for like the opposite reason. Yes. It's like, Margot, it's too complex all over the place, you know, too simple. I wouldn't say that it's complex. I'm I sorry. wouldn't say it's but complex. you know what I meant. No, I all didn't. Over, hard to follow a little. Yeah. Hard to follow. No, but not because I'm stupid. 
because it's stupid. Okay. Okay. So then you and Dana are saying the same thing. Yes. I gave it a 4.5. I just really Whoa. like. I mean, I thought it was just such an easy, enjoyable read. Yeah. Definitely the back and forth gets annoying, but it, it does help in the storytelling in general. I felt like the first half of the book and the second half were so different. Definitely. I like the second half more, like this party from all these different people's POVs, all these fabulous people, like more on that. Please. I did actually think that that was cool. How like they kept like, you know, talking about random people and I was like what the fuck is going on like I actually don't understand and then all of a sudden it just like all comes together when they're like all in the van it's like well you know who that is because we just told you about him I did enjoy the way it was like and all it felt tied. like you were at the party yeah yes. I thought that that was really cool I it really read did. like a movie which I enjoyed yeah. yeah only the second half though yeah the so, party yeah where does the book rank for you compared to Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones I for- mean Evelyn Hugo is like a five out of five yeah and so this is this is like definitely lower I did I appreciated the glamour that it brought similar to Evelyn Hugo but like Evan Evelyn Hugo is just stellar and I never read Daisy Jones oh okay for me it's better than Daisy Jones not as good as Evelyn Hugo I didn't read Evelyn Hugo actually but I like Daisy Jones better than this book interesting yeah I really want you to I think it would serve you yeah Evelyn Hugo just because I'm curious do it for us I will I will easily I'll read it for next month I don't think I can read this book because I did not enjoy you wouldn't like it Daisy Jones and the Six or Evelyn Hugo you didn't no it's not for you I don't think it's for me but I also again I got overhyped for both so I just maybe you'll you'll love this one okay next question who did you picture as Nina? You know who I pictured, which is so fucking random? Who? Olivia Rodrigo. Oh. Because she was like super young. Yeah. She was like 17, 18 the yeah. whole time. She's not like blonde or something. She was 25, guys. In the party, but when they yeah. were growing up, she was really young. Yeah. I just oh. was getting Emily Rodrigo. No, I feel that. I like that. I feel like it would have been easier at 25 to say like Kendall Jenner, but like she wasn't giving me Kendall no. Jenner energy. She. I picked Kate Bosworth because I was thinking of Blue Crush. Totally. <laughs> Snitch? Yeah. Did you picture anyone? I, I mean, guys, I hardly remember. Like, I, now I, the only thing I can think of right now is fragile things, you know? It's hard for me to think of Malibu Rising and who I imagined at that time. Okay. okay. And then my last question, which was something fun to think about. You know, in Daisy Jones and Evelyn Hugo, McRiva was mentioned. And so from this mm. book, there were so many ancillary celebrity characters. Which minor character from this book do you think Taylor Jenkins Reid will write about next? I think the half-sister that comes to the party at the end. Oh, I don't think so. I think that would be too similar to this story. I think I, it's going to be her model friend. What's her name? Um, I thought that too. Tam, something with the T. Oh, she was awesome. Yeah, she, she was, was awesome. awesome. And I, like her, I feel like her and the DJ older man, like there's something like they'll be at a different party. There's a, a story one. there. That is a good one. I thought either her or while I was reading it, I felt like she focused a lot on Tuesday Hendrix. Um, she focused on some of the other characters a lot, but they were all like sort of crazy and not relatable. And like Tuesday had left her like fake actor is that a boyfriend. Real no, oh. no, no, no. She left her. They sprinkled in real people, and I was like, oh, there are so many other slubs that I just don't know in this no, book. No, it's really confusing. But she was the one who like who had left her fake boyfriend at the altar, and then she was doing LSD on the tennis yes. courts with her yes. co-stars. And I, I feel like there was a connection. there. And then they got arrested. I feel like she was one of the few celebrities that like was chronicled that felt like a real person that like you would want to know more about yes okay so that's our little mini recap that was fun I hope you guys um also enjoyed Malibu Rising this month and now it's time for the other books that we read this month Bex since we haven't heard from you in a few minutes (laughs) what did you read this month missed you guys during that (laughs) um I was in the middle of the island of sea women by Lisa C it was 
really, really good. It was different than anything I'd read in a while. I just didn't have a chance to finish it because I am a slow reader, ladies, as we know. Um, but I'll pick it back up and I'll let you guys know uh, come next Redheads episode what my thoughts and feelings were. But okay. I'd recommend. Take Beautiful. your time, Bex. Thanks. There's no time frame when it comes to reading. Just like it's never too late to become a redhead. I totally agree. Dana? I read Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, loved it. Gave it a 4.3. I read The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donoghue. It was pretty good. I gave it a 3.9. Malibu Rising, obviously, which I gave a 3.5. I read The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth, recommended by Jackie, which I loved. I gave it a 3.9. And I read Commonwealth by Ann Patchett, which is the same author that wrote The Dutch House that we all read previously that we loved. This book was not as good, but was still very good, so I gave it a 4.1. Thank you so much. Some good ratings in there. Snitch? I only read these two books. You read Malibu Rising. And yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I read a few books, actually. Very busy month for me with reading. First was The Woman Before Wallace, which is about the woman who was dating that king who abdicated the throne. Um, oh, my God. And she, the, so Wallace Simpson is the one that, like, caused the king to abdicate the throne. But there was a woman before her who was also a married woman who was related to the Vanderbilts as well. So I sort of was inspired by Consuelo. But ultimately, I did not really like the book. I did not like the character that we were following. I didn't, I didn't agree with her on a lot of things. And also, like, the um, David, who was the king who abdicated, was a piece of shit and Nazi sympathizer. So, like, I don't know how you could really fall in love with someone like that. No. Gave it a three. Next up, I read The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth, which was so good. I personally liked it better than The Mother-in-Law. I rated it a four. And I think that anybody who liked the book Verity will like this book. I yeah. think that this is something I would recommend, like, to all of our listeners it's not one of my weird choices like I think you guys will like the it. the redheads would love it it's I've been thinking about it a lot it gives you a lot to think about really good then I read give them Lala by Lala Kent because we were having her on the toast so I really wanted to read her story she's like one of my favorite reality tv stars ever so it was really nice to get a peek inside her mind she Carmelo's ex no oh who's that no, that's Lala, Lala Anthony <laughs> thank you but you had half right. Yeah, yeah. That was impressive. No, she's from Vanderpump Rules, and I really enjoyed hearing her story. I feel like I learned so much more about her. Not that I needed to explain why she does the things that she does, but it was nice to, like, you know, learn where she came from and, and what made her the person that she is. You do love her. You're a big Lala fan. I'm yeah. a really big Lala fan. So as far as, like, celebrity um, t in their own words go, I gave that a five because it was really enjoyable and a really quick read, which is something that... Um, I hadn't had in a while. <laughs> then I read the second season by Emily Adrian. It comes out later in July. I got a copy advance from NetGalley. And while I was reading it, I was really patient with it. But ever since I finished it, like I realized I really didn't like it. <laughs> it was really not for me. First of all, it's very heavy on basketball and sports. I should read it. I know. I actually, if I didn't spoil it for you when I was telling you about it, I would tell you to read it. I actually think you might find it interesting. But it was, I found it to be very stressful and chaotic. And ultimately, um, the main character was not just not someone I was really could understand or relate to. Yeah. And then I read Malibu Rising, which I rated a 4.5, as we had said. So, big month of reading for the girls. Truly. We're just cruising on through. I'm so impressed taking by Taking book you guys. dumps left and right. Book dumps. You guys, we have been taking book dumps on our Instagram. I actually have, I'm taking one more mini dump um, tonight, because <laughs> Bex, I have to post what you read. Oh. And then, we'll, as always, we post what books we shared here, and we just take, like to take a little dump on the feed. <laughs> I love a dump on the feed. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. So, look out for those. 
shows and oh as always you know reach out to us on instagram wherever you find us let us know what you want to see we love taking recommendations i feel like we all have gotten really great book recommendations personally and for the show from redheads out there that's where i actually found malibu rising like all the redheads were talking about it so i was like oh i've never seen this level of anticipation like i'm gonna read it no that's why i wanted to talk about it in the show today so now it is time to close the book on the nature of fragile things and open up our next book which is a dana's choice and Dana always takes us on a journey. Dana, where will you be taking us? We will be going to Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, which if you remember from five minutes ago, (laughs) was the same author of one of the books I read this month, which I loved. And after finishing it, I just randomly saw that he just published a new book. So I'm excited for it. I think it's a little bit of a different direction than the Redheads are used to. It's like a dystopian uh, sci-fi kind of dark territory but I think we're ready for it I think we're ready for it you really like don't lead us astray you always take us in a new direction but you don't lead us astray so I'm excited and also I did see this book on the New York Times bestseller list so I I love when we're reading you know a literary hit he was anticipated by his fans yes and one of his fans is actually your fiance yes I asked Josh if he could fucking read it and finish it before our redheads episode three days ago but he didn't get around to it so that would have been a nice just you know it would have been a nice endorsement. You should yeah. dump him. Yeah. Yeah, you should dump him. He needs to read faster. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we read. And thank you guys so much for joining for another wonderful episode of the Redheads Book Club. As always, it is a pleasure to sit down with you ladies. Thank you to all of our listeners for being a part of this amazing community. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and this book as much as we did. We will see you next month, the first Thursday of every month. You can follow us on Instagram at the Redheads. And join our Facebook group where there's a great community of readers. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.